Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Amen. All right, well, come with me in your Bibles. Uh, two, two quick scriptures. The first one is Colossians 2, 2 to 3. Um, everything that we do, everything we do, and it's great to see Pastor Marco and Natalie Contreras here again running for state assembly. Is that right? Senate. City council. Gosh, I'm, yeah, I know, I know. I'm prophesying for the future. And uh, city council and uh, just Pastor Andre Johnson <laughs> flipping the Encinitas school board in Jesus' name. So I'm just so proud of proud of our our, our people who are running, and uh, we we are we are we are definitely running against a machine. We're not running against candidates. We're running against a machine, and it's time we dismantle their machine. It's time we expose their fraud. There's no way that that Californians are that stupid that we keep voting in these corrupt morons. No, no, but. Are you trying to tell me that Max people vote for Maxine Waters? Dear Jesus. It's, it's all bought and paid for. It's all rigged. Um, they've started canvassing in San Diego. And what canvassing means is actually going through the voter rolls to see what's legit. And they found tens of thousands of people who are registered in San Diego to vote Democrat who are over 100 years of age. Tens of thousands. So what they do on election night when, when red is leading blue, they then just get their USB and they just plug in. How many more? Well, let's, we've got tens of thousands from, and then what else do you, and then they have single one-bedroom apartments, you know, with 10, 12 people registered living there who also vote. And so that's, that's what they do. And that's why, ah, oh, man, we got so close. We got so, well, we're just going to have to try harder next time. And they laugh. They love, we're, we're the ones raising candidates and putting together campaigns and, you know, going out there spending money and door knocking and walking neighborhoods and shaking hands and loving on people, introducing, we, while we do all the hard work, they cheat. And then there are fools that, that think that, oh, well, you know, oh, pastor, that's just tin hat. I'm telling you, the wicked are wicked. That's why the Bible calls them wicked. Anyway, so, all right, Colossians chapter 2 today, I just want to talk about some spiritual truths uh, on, just to give you the why behind the what. So, everybody here is doing something, and you may say, well, you know, what, what I'm doing, why am I doing what I'm doing? And always, the Bible says, always have a reason for the hope that is in you. So, Colossians 2, 2 to 3 says this, says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Now watch this. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So it's, it's in Christ that we recognize. It's in Christ that spiritual truths that... That they're hidden, they're veiled, but in Christ we begin to see them. 
So now come with me to uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 5. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. God's speaking to Jeremiah. And he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm ready to perform my word. So let me give you eight. You guys are little rascals. You're meant to have faith. See, Samuel's got faith. Thank you, Samuel. One believer amongst us. Thank you, Samuel. <laughs> All right, number one, the first spiritual truth. The first spiritual truth. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Life precedes conception. They say, when does life begin? And science tells us life begins at conception. The Bible says life begins before conception. Life precedes conception. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before, before the sperm and the egg collided, I already knew you, I saw you, I fashioned you, I had a plan for you, I had a destiny for you. One of the great evils in the world is abortion. The acceptance of abortion is the reinforcement of a lie. That, 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 that somehow life is accidental, lackadaisical, haphazardous. That, that life has no meaning, significance, no value. But the Bible says that there's an intentionality. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Life precedes conception. Number two, purpose and mission precede birth. Not only does he say, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Purpose and mission precede birth. They say there are two great days in every person's life. Day number one is the day you were born, but day number two is the day you discovered why. Two great days in every human being's life. Day number one is the day you were born. Day number two is the day you discover why. There is a why for your when. When you were conceived, when you were formed in the womb, you weren't formed aimlessly. 
The, the Bible says that nothing that is formed is formed without purpose, without intent. The chair that you're sitting on was formed, was designed so that you could sit. It could sustain your weight. It could hold you so that you could sit relaxed so you can engage and listen. This pulpit, it, we didn't just find it growing on a tree. It was, it was purposed. It was fashioned to hold the speakers, the microphone, everything that you see, everything that is created was created it began first with a purpose, and then you go back, and then the thing is created. The video camera, we want to be able to record, so we, we have a vision, we have a purpose, and then we create. You have a purpose, and then you are created. You have a purpose, and then God created you. God had a purpose. God had a what? God had a purpose and a mission, and it precedes birth. Discipleship, the reason, we, the, the reason why we're a discipleship church is because discipleship does two things with your purpose and your mission. Discipleship helps you to discover your mission and your purpose, your assignment in the earth, but, but discipleship helps you develop. It helps you to develop what is my mission, what is my purpose, how do I fulfill that, what do I need to fulfill that. Well, first of all, you, you need some wingmen. Mike Yeager used to say that the, the key, the how he got Katie Yeager was he had some wingmen helping him. I don't even know if that's true, but let's just say it is. Oh, Mike Yeager and his wingmen. But we need people in our blind spots. We need people in our world. The Bible says one sets flight to a thousand, two, ten thousand. We need other people. Life moves at the speed of relationship. We need other people. That's what discipleship does. Discipleship challenges you. Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer in the world, has a swing coach. Why would he have a swing coach? He's the greatest coach in the world. Because all the greats recognize that they have blind spots and they have weak spots. So if the greatest golfer in the world can have a swing coach, who do you and I think that, we, well, we don't need anybody speaking in my life. I'm an island. I can do it by myself. Number three, assignment precedes awareness. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. His assignment was he would be a prophet to the nations. He's now about 12 or 13 when this dialogue is happening, and God is telling him, yeah, before you were even in your mummy's tummy, I had already declared that you're going to be a prophet to the nations, which means that the assignment for your life precedes the awareness of it. In fact, I've actually discovered that as you begin to follow God, the, the unfolding revelation... If God tried to tell you all at once, it would overwhelm you. So God just kind of drip feeds. He drip feeds his assignment for your life. You begin as a chiropractor. And, and then, and then you, you have some crazy Aussie pastor, you know, come from Australia who is self-correcting even while he's in the, in the, the waiting room. And you have to have your, your CA tell him not to self-correct. And I'm like, but I do this all the time. And so then I get there and I get my x-ray to find out that if I don't see a chiropractor, I will end up with arthritis. And I'm like, I don't want arthritis. And so then I lay on the table. And all I want is I don't want arthritis. I'm like, I don't want arthritis. I want to be adjusted. I don't want to keep self-correcting. And uh, But no, no, that's not enough for this man. No, he has to say, oh, dude, you growing a bush up there? Uh, up where? Up your nose. You ever heard of a nose trimmer? I'm like... 
pleased to meet you. But, but because he's a great pastor, the next time I was with him, he bought me a nose trimmer from CVS. Now, it obviously did seize, kind of see, and couldn't, and so I was walking around with it. No, it didn't, that didn't happen, but, but I thought, man, I'm watching him. Then there was some little old lady, little old lady, you know, piping off about my back hurt, my fingers hurt. Well, now your back's going to hurt. You just put landscape duty. Anyone else's fingers hurt? And uh, I'm like, who is this guy? And he's like, hey, why don't you take it outside? This is a positive only zone. And uh, the next week she completely changes and people ring on the bell. I'm like, who is this guy? He thought he was just a chiropractor. He's a brilliant chiropractor, but I'm like, this guy's a pastor. This guy's a, a this guy's, he carries something. He carries a fire. He carries a passion. He carries a mission, but it's, it was drip feed. He didn't want to be a pastor. It was, it was drip feed. Beautiful Kayla Ray, he meets, he meets her on a Southwest Airlines flight. She has no idea that she's about to not only date a guy, but she's about to date destiny. She's about to discover the unfolding drip feed purpose for her life. When, when I, when, whenever I talk to beautiful Kayla Ray, it, it, it does mess me to think that, gosh, what if? Where, where would this amazing gift be? Where would this beautiful young lady be? Where would this, this heart, this ministry, this brilliant intellect, this anointing, this gifting, this personality, where, where would it be if it wasn't in our house, if it wasn't discovered? I'm so grateful that, that Dr. Matt brought the gold out of... <laughs> oh, it's going to be naughty. I can't. <laughs> Beautiful Pastor Stacy. Parents move from New York. They leave business to, to be missionaries. She grows up on the mission field but feels a calling to business, doesn't know what she wants to do, comes to, comes to just lands in California, not really sure what she's doing, but loves God, not sure how that looks, but what an extraordinary gift. What an amazing gift. It's the unfolding. It's the unfolding. You should look back and see a, a breadcrumb trail of... of God's call on your life. So assignment always precedes awareness. Don't worry. You just keep following God. He'll keep filling it out, keep filling it out, keep filling it out. A, a Marine who got sunburnt meets his beautiful bride who just happens to, happens to be the nurse applying the lotion to his sunburn. Oh, you need to come back again tomorrow for another slathering of lotion. Jess and Cat Sullivan. He has no idea that he's going to turn up to a church where the pastor keeps calling him Jeff. <laughs> On his first, first Sunday, oh, Jeff, do you think you guys can fold newsletters and hand them out? Oh, Jeff, do you think you can shake hands and welcome people? I thought, oh, they're not coming back, but they kept coming back. One of the greatest kingdom generals, one of the greatest warriors, one of the greatest leaders, one of the greatest king, priest, faith. But it's unfolding, unfolding. Did you have any idea when, when, when we first met 
We met at Danny's, and he had, the, he had this big study Bible. I had my little slimline Bible. I thought, oh, he's not coming back. I mean, look at the size of his Bible compared to mine. And then he kept flexing. I'm like, oh, look at the size of his biceps. Jesse Sullivan, everything's got to be bigger. But we had no idea, Jesse, back then. And look at you today. Look at you. Just amazing. Amazing. We have no idea. Assignment always precedes awareness. Just keep, just keep following. The Bible says this. It says in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Your, your heart is the greatest reader of your future. The desires that God has put in your heart, you'll find as you delight yourself in the Lord. Number four, number four, calling precedes biology. Calling precedes biology. Because Jeremiah said, ah, Lord God, behold, I can't speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to him, do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to whoever I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. So therefore, calling exceeds biology. Calling exceeds by The devil wants you to believe that your biology determines your destiny. Saul said to David, ah, oh, man, I got my hopes up. They told me finally we had somebody who was willing to fight this Goliath, this nine foot nine champion of Gath, and then you walked in. Teenager. You ever been in a fight, son? You ever put your life in the hands of another man? <laughs> Asked him to put his life in your hands? Ever served in a forward infantry unit, son? We follow rules, son. We follow rules or people die. Is that clear? Is that clear? I mean, so, um, so da David walks in and he's like, ah, oh, you're not able to go and fight against this man. For you're a youth and he's a man of war from his youth. What did he say? He says, you're disqualified by your biology. And David said, hey, my biology's got nothing to do with it. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took one of the lambs from the flock, I went after it, struck it, delivered it. He says, in fact, I struck a bear. When it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its beard and I struck and killed it. The God who delivered your servant from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, is the same God who's going to deliver. His confidence wasn't in his biology. His confidence, come on, somebody. His confidence was in his God. Somebody say amen. Number five, obedience unlocks greatness. Obedience unlocks greatness. Watch this. He says, do not say that I'm a youth, for I am with you, says the Lord. And then he put forth his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I've put my words in your mouth. So I've this day set you over nations, over kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to build, to throw down, to build and plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? In fact, um, just go back. It says uh, that you will go wherever I command you to go. Don't be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you. In other words, as, as you obey, you'll unlock. You're going to go wherever I send you, and I will be with you to deliver you. You unlock as you obey. I, I, I had a, just a, a fun moment when, when we first moved here. I think we were maybe only here a year. And, uh, and I was on, on a morning prayer walk, and I, I just said to God, I said, God, like, you know, like, talk to me. Like, I, I know that I wasn't your first choice for San Diego. And he's like, duh. I had to bring you from Australia. Like, I gave locals a shot. 
Like, oh, okay. So, well, you know, like, like, where am I? Like, would I, would I be in, you know, like, the first 10? He's like, no. 20. Like, oh, shoot, like 30? 50? I'm like, fudge. I don't want to know. Don't even tell me. Like, uh, you're my 479th. Well, what? There are other. Thank you. How does that make you feel? I said, man, I, I was rejecting. It was like, you know, Leanne, she had all these other offers. When they said no, like, I was, well, well, I may as well. I can't believe you did that, cutie. So, but the Holy Spirit, who's, who's our, our great helper, he said, you, don't ha- you didn't have to be God's first choice. And then he said this, he says, but you can live like you're his last choice. You can live like the father doesn't have to go, Gabriel, who else do we have? Because he got caught up in, he wants to protect his, he doesn't want to speak my word because it might affect bums on seats on a Sunday. It might affect attendance. It might affect tithes and offerings. So he's traded my truth for wokeness. You may not be God's first choice, but I've determined that I, he never has to look for somebody else. He never has to look for somebody else. In, in Hebrews 10, and it's, it's, it's literally, it's in the Psalms, but it's a prophetic Psalm about Jesus. And it says, a body you have prepared for me. Behold, in the volume of the book, in the scriptures, it is written of me to do your will, O God, in sacrifices of sheep and oxen, you no longer had any delight. And then I said, behold, I have come. A physical body you have given me. I can be that sacrifice. I can do your will. And that's literally what was on Jesus when he came. He saw that the blood of bulls and goats no longer moved people towards God. People would sin. People would sin and they'd bring their, their, their animals to the altar They'd slay the the animals on the altar. And instead of going into holiness, instead of going into communion and righteousness with God, they would just turn and go straight back to their sin. And then they'd get another animal the next time, and then they'd slay the animal. And instead of going into holiness and into righteousness, into walking with God, they'd go back. And so God was in a dilemma. And then Jesus says, I can fix this. I know how to fix it. And the father said, how? He says, well, man comes to the sacrifice, and then he goes back to the sin. He goes to the sacrifice, and he doesn't come to us, Father. So what if I become the sacrifice so that when man comes to the sacrifice, he comes to us? So Jesus moved and became the sacrifice so that when man comes to the sacrifice, he is born again and comes into the holiness, into the righteousness, into right relationship with God obedience unlocks greatness obedience unlocks greatness my favorite star wars is what is thy bidding my master and i think you know if we make that that our prayer god what 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 is your what is your desire for my life these these are my desires but you know what nevertheless not my will thy will be done the most powerful prayer you can pray did you know that anton levey and you grew up in el cajon where we have a campus where Lisa and Michael are sticking it to the devil. And in just as Jesus said, love, you, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, in this, 
you fulfill the entire law of God. Anton LaVey in the Satanic Bible says, if you want to do the will of Satan, if you want to fulfill the law of the devil, he says it's, it's summed up in this phrase, do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. Garden of Eden, not thy will, my will be done. Jesus in Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood. Father, if it's possible for this cup to pass by without me drinking it, please. Nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. The devil says to fulfill the law of the devil, to fulfill the law of Satan. Real simple. You don't need to drink blood. You don't need to paint a pentagram. You don't need to, to say, I worship the dark Lord of the underworld. He says, all you need to do is say, I'm going to do my will. Not thy will, my will be done. That's why obedience unlocks greatness. The greatest prayer, the most dangerous prayer to the powers of darkness is, Father, whatever you want, whatever you desire, your will above everything else, your plan and purpose for my life above everything else, not what I want, what you want. Somebody say amen. All right, how are we going on time? How are we going? What are we, number six? Numero seis. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Samuel. feel like I'm carried on the wings of your faith. All right, number six. Have a look at this. Uh, then the Lord put forth his hand, excuse me, and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I've put my words in your mouth. I put my words in your mouth. See, this day I've set you over. His word in your mouth equals power. His word in your mouth equals power. His word in your mouth equals power. It was God's word that said, let there be light. Light was. It was God's word that said, let the... Let the, the that there be a separation in the waters above from the waters beneath. And it was so. It was God's word that said, let dry ground appear. It was God's word that said, and let the earth bring forth. And it was God's word that said, and let the, uh, the oceans teem with life. And it was God's word that said, every time God's word went forth, his will followed. Whatever God wills, he words. And whatever God words, he wills. I don't know the will of God. We'll start reading his word. Because God doesn't speak something he doesn't will. God is not bipolar or schizophrenic. God puts his will in his word and he puts his word in his will. The reason the devil opposes the word is because the word carries the will of God. And the devil opposes the will of God. That's why he doesn't want the word of God in our schools. He doesn't want the word of God in our colleges. He doesn't want the word of God in our halls of justice. He doesn't want the word of God in people's lives. He doesn't want the word of God. But I'm telling you, God is setting up Jeremiah to be a powerhouse prophet. God is setting up Awake and God is setting up our campuses. God is setting up Boise. He's setting up Salt Lake City. And the most powerful thing we can do is put his word in our mouth. God said to Joshua, 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 I want you to meditate in my word day and night, day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. The, de the devil wants to, to, to do a trade with you. Will you, will you trade your, listen, if, if you just dial down the word, if you just dilute the word, if you just, the, the people will accept you, you won't be persecuted, you won't be, God says, don't fear them, for I'm with you to deliver you. 
Why would he say that? Because there are people that don't want to hear the word of God. There are people that oppose the, the word of God. There's devils that resist the word of God. But when you got the word of God in your mouth, you can land in a city you've never been with three little boys and a bunch of suitcases. And when everyone tells you that all San Diego's a preacher's graveyard, you can say, no, it's not. It's a city for Christ. When they say to you, oh, well, just understand, just you better quit on ever owning buildings. You can't own buildings here because number one, it's really expensive. Number two, there's no zoning. We have over 13 properties that we own. Come on, somebody. All you got to do is put God's word in your mouth and just keep speaking God's word. Don't bow. Don't compromise. Don't dilute. Don't dial it down. Keep speaking God's word. People say, well, you know, the doctors have said, well, God bless the doctors, but this is what the word says. This is what the chief physician says. This is what the king of kings, the ultimate authority, the final authority, the alpha and the omega, the aleph and the taf, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's the author and the finisher. He's the author and the finisher. That means he has the first say and he has the last say. Let God have the first say and the last say. We are here to say something about the condition of our city. We are here to say something about the political environment. We're here to say something about the spiritual environment. We are here here as God's ambassadors in San Diego to send forth his word that never returns to him void. It always accomplishes that for which he sends it forth. And we know that when we send the, the word, forth. It's like C.S. Lewis said, the truth doesn't need any defense. It's like a lion. Let it out. It'll defend itself. We send forth the word into our schools, into our colleges, into our universities, into our halls of justice, into our communities. The word of God is life and it is power. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Oh, number seven, numero siete. I love this. The word of God, watch this. He says, see, I've put my word in your mouth. And this day I've set you over nations and kingdoms. The word in your mouth sets you over. What, what, the biggest, probably the biggest fear of God in my life was I'd, I'd become one of the most popular sought after uh, speakers in New Zealand because I could make kids laugh. I could do impersonations and then bring the word of the Lord. And so I get invited to speak at this conference. And if I was honest with you, I, I underprepared. And if I was honest with you, I was so, so busy. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but just the busyness that I, I the first thing that I'd kind of drop was quiet times and times with the Lord. And I get to this, I get to this church and I just feel like God's like, oh, you're going to go and perform. I didn't make you a performer. I made you a minister. But you've got, you've got every pause, every joke, like you've memorized the sermon. Oh, you can get up there and it's like a, it's like a Hollywood performance, like a theatrical performance. You've got the, but there's no connection. And then they had this 16-year-old kid do, do the offering message. And as he did the offering message, you, you, I could just hear that the word of the Lord was with him. And there was an anointing. And there was a shift and there was a weight on his words. And he was 16 and I was, I think, maybe 25 or 26. And then I felt, I literally felt like the the Holy Spirit leaned forward. And he said, Jürgen, I don't have to use you. I don't have to use you. And in my head, I'm like, but but, but I've worked so hard. and, 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 And I've established myself as, and he goes, I can put my word in the mouth of a 16-year-old child. They're not lining up to hear you. 
you can't deliver them. You can't heal them. He says, they're lining up to hear my word. I remember driving home over the Auckland Harbour Bridge. I can close my eyes and can see it. And I've never felt so, it was gut-wrenching. I, I felt like I, I wanted to throw up. I felt so nauseous. I just said, God, I'm never allow, going to allow myself to be so backslidden, so far from you again that I get up and I'm just a performer, performing like Samson for the Philistines. I said, I'm not going to, God, I want your word in my mouth. I want your word in my mouth because your word has life. And then he says this, he says, I want you to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build and plant. Four negatives, two positives. He says, the word in your mouth, I want you to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build and plant. The, the reason the word of God has opposition is because when the word of God goes out, the kingdoms of men, the structures of Satan, the lies that he has purveyed on unsuspecting people, we have to root out. We have to pull down. We have to destroy. The CRT in schools, the, 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 listen, the answer to racism isn't more racism. Freedom isn't killing the life in your womb. Liberate, being, being liberated isn't changing chemistry, chemical castration, physical operation, taking blockers for, for the rest of your... Why don't you just cast the spirit of confusion out and let your body continue to produce the... And just line up with who God has made. God hasn't made you... The, the lie that you're an accident, that you're, you were born in the wrong... Bo what? But we have to root out. We have to pull down. We have to destroy the lives of the devil. For that, you're going to come under attack. But the Lord says, don't worry. I'll be with you to deliver you. And then you're to plant and to build up. And then the last one, numero ocho. The last one. He said, Jeremiah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Verse 12, I think it is. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. The Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm ready to perform my word. Point number eight is look, see, understand. That there's a progression in, in the kingdom. When the word of the Lord comes to you, when God speaks a word, a word paints pictures. Jesus as a soul went out to sow. As he's speaking words, pictures form in minds. God's prophetic is uh, people who are seers. But the prophetic is someone who delivers the word. And you'll find that the two work congruent with one another. You'll find that the, the word and vision, the word and sight go hand in hand. He says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Now that I've put my word in your mouth, you're going to see differently. He says, what's the craziest thing? I see an almond tree. The almond tree says that, that winter is over, that spring is here. It's the first. It's the first of all the trees to bud flowers. It's the first. It's, it's, they literally call it the, the, the tree of winter breakthrough. 
of, of spring is coming. And God says, we're coming out of winter, boy. Spring is coming because my word's in your mouth. Everyone's going to still be in darkness, but not as my word goes forth. I'm about to do my word. I'm about to fulfill my promises. I want you to look. And as you look, I want you to see. And as you see, I want you to understand. Many times you'll, you'll look, but you might not see. Sometimes you'll look and see, but you don't understand. Look see and understand. I reckon the prerequisite of, of leadership and the goal of every leader should be, God, I want to look. The Bible says um, there was a burning bush and Moses was in Horeb, the, the, the back blocks of, of the desert, the Sinai desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and a bush catches on fire. And we know that the Lord was in the bush, but the Bible says this, and when Moses turned aside to look, and it says, Moses said, I will now turn aside to look, see this great sight. And then it says this, it says, and when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, God called to him. Wow. So taking the time to look, you'll begin to see. When you begin to see, Holy Spirit, what am I seeing? You'll begin to understand. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.